The American Battlefield Trust seeks to preserve our nation's hallowed battlegrounds and educate the public about what happened there and why it matters today. They permanently protect these battlefields for future generations as a lasting and tangible memorial to the brave soldiers who fought in the American Revolution, the War of 1812, and the Civil War. You can help save battlefield land today by visiting battlefields.org. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattooed Historian Show. It's great to be back. My name's John. I am the Tattooed Historian. And I thought to start this new season of the Tattooed Historian Show, I should come out of the gate pretty hard with a good friend of mine, Pat McGuire. History Things with Pat. Some of you have seen him on my live streams. We've worked together in the field before. We're going to be working together pretty soon on a live stream tour in Fredericksburg, Virginia. But I wanted to bring him on the show and talk about what we do and why we do it, Uh, how we do history and why we sometimes don't fit in with the traditional narrative of the history field, the direction that we believe the field is going in. This is a very important thing to be discussing now that we are going further into the digital age and trying to understand the direction that the history field is moving. Everyone has a different opinion of it and everyone, uh, has that right to share those opinions with each other. And I think if we do that and we do collaborative efforts, we're going to be better off in the long run. So we go over that in great detail here in episode one, season two of the Tattooed Historian Show. And in actuality, you're going to hear him on the second episode because we kind of go into overtime with it and I wanted to cut it up into two episodes. But something different with my podcast this season is that uh, I did the recording at the Gary Owen Irish Pub. And there was no audience there. It was just Pat and I in a private area of the pub. And we are uh, getting that ambient noise from the bar downstairs, the clinking of glasses and dishes and stuff like that. So it's a pretty cool atmosphere to be in. So it's going to sound like you're sitting in a pub with Pat and I as we talk about these things. And I think that's a really cool way of doing it. I love to give shout-outs to businesses, especially small businesses, local businesses, which are trying to help get more history out to the masses. And the Gary Owen Irish Pub in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania is definitely one. You all know them from my Tattooed Historian Presents series. Well, they're helping me out with my podcast as well because uh, I need to have a place to do the recording, and this is a great spot to do that. And I wanted something a little different than just the studio atmosphere. So we went with the Gary Owen. I asked them if I could borrow a space once in a while to do a podcast and they assured me that I could and uh, I want to give them a major shout out for that a major thank you for that so if you're ever in Gettysburg please visit them they're right on Chambersburg Street right downtown Gettysburg they've treated me so well they've really helped encourage the learning process as far as history is concerned and they allow us to do some killer programming there and I'm really appreciative of them so without further ado ladies and gentlemen I would like to introduce you again uh, to Pat McGuire, History Things with Pat, great guy with some great ideas about the future of the field and how we can bring new people into the field. Hope you really enjoy the discussion, guys.
What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattoo Historian Show. My name is John. I am the Tattoo Historian, and I'm joined today by my brother from times of another. <laughs> History Things with Pat, Pat McGuire. How are you, my friend? It's great to have you here. Love it. I'm good. Uh, I'm glad to be here, buddy. Thank you. Hey, we are uh, we are live at the Gary Owen Irish Pub as we do this. Uh, when you hear it, we won't be here, but we are recording this live. So you may hear some clinking in the background. You may hear some uh, dishes being thrown around downstairs. Uh, that's because they allowed me to start uh, recording the podcast here, which is something awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Really, uh, really neat of them to uh, to offer that to you, buddy. So congrats yeah. on your inaugural live recording. Of the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be back uh, after a, a little bit of a hiatus. It's good to be back uh, in the in the chair in front of the microphone doing what I love to do, which is podcasting and, and stuff like that. So it's just great to be back here. And again, I want to thank the Gary Owen Irish Pub here in Gettysburg for uh, supporting me and my endeavors and trying to get more history out to the masses. And this is a cool way for us to record something a little different, differently, I guess you could say, than the old traditional, like, it sounds like you're just in a, a yeah, locked room. You're sitting in your office. You have one light on. You're probably sweaty because you're aggravated. You've taken 50 takes. <laughs> right. This is very casual, so it feels good. Though. Right. You and I both have that in common <laughs> where we love the authentic experience. Yes. And when yes. you can sit down and have a beer and I can sit down and have my coffee, we can have an authentic experience of us sitting in a pub just talking about history. Yeah, it's, uh, it is literally this is how we do it. Every day, cameras or no cameras, mics or no mics. So yeah, absolutely. So uh, I hope that you all get a lot out of this first episode because first episode back because we're going to be talking about the history field and the leveling of the playing field and what we see as the future of the field. And I know that uh, I've been on the front lines of that, and Pat, you've been on the front lines of that. So I don't think there's a, there aren't too many people who could sit down like this and talk about that. Uh, right now there are a few out there but i wanted to get you on here to talk about the future of the field or the leveling of the playing field in the history field uh and and take it from there for this first episode back after my hiatus all right buddy yeah well i mean well thanks for having me on uh as you as you just stated right like you and i uh have been doing this uh for a while um again my name is pat mcguire i am the host of history things with pat uh which is a multi-platform Outside the box history experience, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, where we're just telling the stories you don't know, some of the stories you do know, and we're we're sort of giving them just a new voice, some new life. And uh, well, you and I kind of got started, I guess, sometime around the same time, a few years back in 2014, and right, and really started to experience how social media um, can play a huge role in leveling the playing field. Because of course, we are in the digital revolution as far as how the history field goes about doing its work. You know, we are a community of Rolodexes and paper inventories and we're, uh, we're becoming a community of live streams and Facebook pages and things like that, which is, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. And social media has helped to bring a lot of this, uh, historical education to people um that who who otherwise might not have been exposed to it. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it, it has made, it has made accessibility, you know, a thing, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, in the past it might be where you want to research something a little further, but you live in a small town or you live somewhere with a library that's not really, you know, well stocked or you just, I mean, right. I'll be frank. You research, right. I research. Researching is hard when you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Like imagine not knowing yeah. what you're doing. So the, yeah. the Internet embracing or rather our community embracing the internet and social media has helped uh, 
to bring a lot of information to the front and it's leveled the playing field for, for guys like you and me who come at this from the flank to use a history right. term versus, you know, right. no, no frontal assaults here. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, I just think it makes it, uh, it makes it more of a, a fair game for everybody to, to tell their stories. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And the fact that I've been quote unquote classically or traditionally trained right, you're as a historian, uh, it, <laughs> it was my way of, of going against the, the old tradition and the old way of doing things in a, in a certain way, respecting tradition, but going against it a little bit by doing something a little different. And, uh, we come from varying backgrounds on that issue because I grew up blue collar, went to college later right. and you still work. You don't work as a historian. Correct. You do this. Yeah. I work out of field. Side gig. I, uh, I'm a hammers and nails contractor uh, to pay the old bills. But I, uh, <laughs> I was one of those guys that never stopped being a history buff or a history nerd. And I, I wanted to take it somewhere other than just being interested. I wanted to, do something with it because I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm not a, mm-hmm. I'm not a sit by and watcher. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Right. I like that. I like that. <laughs> well, we got a, well, we got a bumper sticker, not a sit by and watcher. <laughs> it's not a sit by and watcher. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, I, I, I have, I think, you know, I'm pretty good at telling stories. I, I, and that's sort of the, the thing that I think has gotten lost in, in the historical interpretation is the ability to tell stories. So mm-hmm. I've decided that, the way I will go about this is it doesn't matter to me where you come from. If you're really good at telling a story, I'll listen. I think I'm really good at telling stories. And if you think so, please listen, because hopefully I and we collectively all learn something together. Right. So. When, when and why did you start History Things with Pat? So I started it um, in summer of 2014. Um, it didn't actually come from a great place. I was going through uh, the end of a, of a relationship. I was getting ready to move. So life as as you know, comes mm-hmm. at you real fast. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I have a, an old life that I've lived that every time things get chaotic, I'm always worried might resurface. So I, I, instead of putting my feelings, which I was having at the time, were very powerful, mm-hmm. into self-destructive or otherwise negative things, I kind of just got back in touch with who I've always been and I, and I hadn't realized I lost it. And that was very simply, I'm a history nerd. Specifically, I'm a Civil War dork. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just started, you know, going back to battlefields and telling stories to anybody that would listen. You know, like I just started like obsessively interpreting whether you asked for it or not. Like my brand <laughs> should more or less be unsolicited history things with Pat because you didn't ask for it. But um, I realized that I was a little better uh, at some of the people that were doing, you know, what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a slight. I just I, it's confidence in myself. Like I, I recognize that I. I have the ability to tell the same story you're telling and I think I can reach more people. And that's, I, in no way do I ever mean that to come off as a slight. I just, I'm confident in what I do. So I started to, instead of just take it from this personal to personal interpretation, you know, I will talk to anybody at work who will come through the door or I will talk to um, any of my friends sitting around at a bar. I decided to create a platform and put it on the internet mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and just start kind of figuring out how to be me in the interpretation world and it just sort of started like that so and I stuck with it which you know if you know me is hard I don't stick with a lot of things I I like to try a lot of life Mm -hmm. and this was one of the things that I I stuck with and I fell I fell absolutely in love with it in every way not just the telling of the story and being the interpreter but the the becoming the process itself is Mm -hmm. it's wild man you learn about who you are and so back in 2014 I just kind of accidentally found myself needing somewhere to go I chose the history field. I, f- I started visiting battlefields and telling their stories. And from there, I decided, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this because I'm pretty good at it. 
Oh yeah, and and uh, that that's one of the keys that I think of of your productions is that you can tell you're passionate about it, and you can tell that you're talking to an audience who maybe regularly doesn't watch that kind of stuff or listen to that kind of stuff. You're you're exposing a new audience or uh, getting new eyes to expose, you know, to be exposed to new history in new different ways. Yeah, before I really thought about it, I was already. I guess doing it was I was I was producing content that was intended for the casual or the mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to describe it the 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 interested party who doesn't know how to dip their toes into the field because as you know history is full of details it is overwhelming so right. you know if you're not ready to jump in all the way like how do you kind of just get a diet version of something things like that mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, when I was back in my old days with my band and things like that, when we were writing music, I, I kind of approached history things with Pat in the same way. When I was writing music a decade ago or more, I was writing songs that I wanted to hear. And it sounds super cliche, but like the music that I wanted to hear was being made, but it also wasn't. So I felt that it was up to me to fill the void of the songs I wasn't hearing by writing them myself. So we get to the history field and, uh, and I sort of, approached interpreting uh interpreting interpretation the same way um i wanted to tell a story in a voice the way i wanted to hear it Mm -hmm. so that's just sort of um one of those i started to realize that not everybody wants to hear these huge long lectures full of citations and references and have your you know your brain explode with like you know the bulk of the lecture was actually the bibliography it wasn't actually the substance of the lecture so i was just like you know what um, no matter what my content is, written, video, podcast, I want it to feel like, you know, you and I got beers, we're sitting at a bar, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm just sort of telling you a story. So I, I wanted to approach it in a very calm and casual way. It goes back to the traditional way of storytelling. Right. You know, where you're just sitting around a campfire or sitting at a pub and, and telling the stories of your ancestors. Yeah. I mean, it's the, just the tradition. The Vikings had them in their, their halls, you know, we'd right. have great drinks and we'd tell grand stories. I'm right. Not as badass as a Viking, but I do tell a great <laughs> story. <laughs> that's, that's why I wanted to start the uh, present series here, the tattoo story presents, because I wanted to take it back to the, the origins basically yeah. where it's like, we're just sitting in a pub, just talking history and it's anyone can show up. And right. That's great. And you're along that same model. And that's why, uh, when I found out you were online, it was like, wow, someone else who's doing what I'm trying to do. Oh, you were a lot more hardcore video than yeah. I was. I was more audio. And, yeah, and everybody's got their shtick. And <clears throat> I wanted to do uh, a visual because I'm a visual learner. So I felt if I was showing the people the lesson I wanted to teach, whether you were listening to me or not, maybe you were just watching the background of the video or the, the scenery of the video. And, and thus maybe you were taking in something I wasn't even verbally saying, you know? Right. So yeah. Um, it was really funny when, when I first discovered your brand, I was like, man, that is so on the nose, the tattooed story. And I was like, you know, that's me. But, uh, yeah. you know, it was, it was really serendipitous to, to come across you because it, it, it actually validated, uh, me in a way when I felt like maybe this isn't something tenable long term mm-hmm. because, I'm, I felt like I was on an island, things like that. And it showed mm-hmm. me like, hey, there's other people out here doing this. Right. And that was really, really cool. And it, and it helped like lift me up in, in a moment where I wouldn't say I was thinking about quitting, but I was certainly considering the state of things with history, things with Pat, because I was putting a ton of effort in. And, and I didn't intend on building a brand, mm-hmm. but I'm a realist. And I realized that the brand I had created wasn't growing for a while. So mm-hmm. um, at that moment was when I kind of discovered your brand and was like, 
rock and roll, man. There's another brother out here who's doing oh, his yeah. thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's, that's, that's why I wanted to name it the way I did, because I wanted people like you, like me, to understand that we can do this, too. Yeah. And we can be involved in this field. It's like, you know, it's, it was kind of taboo at first, you know, and we'll go over that then. But what's really interesting that you just brought up that I never really considered was that you started History Things with Pat almost in a therapy kind of way, yeah. a therapeutic way Absolutely. to get through things. And with my hiatus recently because of an ongoing divorce, uh, just getting personal here for a minute, this has been the one thing that's really kept me going yeah. is the fact that I can lose myself in history and just be like, okay, I need to concentrate on the next project, the next podcast, the next interpretive thing I have to do. So I, I feel that. I yeah, understand this is what my you're soul, saying. so I, I connect with that on that level. It's pretty deep. Oh, yeah, and and I I would be lost without it, you know, and uh, it's kind of scary when you hinge all your bets on that, but, you know, it's the one thing that's never let me down is the history field. And that's one right. of the things we'll get into, right, is, like, the approach. Like, you're coming mm -hmm. at it from a soul perspective, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of our contemporaries don't. And that's mm – -hmm. and, look, preface – Warning, you're going to hear a lot of things in this podcast that might come off like a shot or a slight, and they're not intended to, but what we're trying to do is have an honest conversation mm -hmm. about the state of things and why we do what we do and where we're all going and some of the tools and how we're using it together. So in advance, I apologize if you feel like you personally just had a shot leveled at you. It's not what we're intending, but we're, we're, we're just going to be very honest about how we got here. Right, and we're going to be self-aware about who we are. Right. Uh, what works for us may not work for you. If you work in the history field, that might not work for you. Uh, it's What works for Pat may not work for me. Right, yeah. This it's, is in it, no means a, a general painting of this is how you do the next right. step of interpreting right. history. It's just right. this is something that we do, and we want to talk about it because I think people get it in their mind like you think, right? Like you were saying, like there's only one way to do it. And, and that's not true. And we're here exactly. to sort of tell you about that. Exactly. I don't, I don't ever want anyone to think that there's only one way to do history or one way to interpret it. Or as far as like, if we go out in the field and we do something together, Pat's going to say something uh, that I never would have thought of saying, or he's going to phrase it a certain way that I never would have thought about phrasing it and vice versa. Right. And that's why when you collaborate, that makes things just so much more legit. Cause I know when we did WTF moments in the civil war with Avery Lance over on battles and banter pod, what's up Avery? Yeah. What's up buddy? Uh, I know that there's that thing where all three of us come from varying backgrounds, uh, but you could tell that too. And people in the audience can connect with one of us. And say, okay, I understand Avery because he's worked with the Park Service. Or I understand Pat because he's more blue-collar than the other guy. Yeah. And and I used to be really heavy blue-collar. I paved roads and did all that. But I have that traditional yeah, I mean, you went to professional school for background. It. You learned you know, professionally and, and how and to I, be yeah, what we are. And I worked in an archive. And I did all that stuff. And um, so it's really neat to be able to put out content to a varying audience. And be like, you're going to connect with one of us. You know, let's, yeah. see, let's see which one it is. Uh, but we have overlap too on our pages. I have people who tell me that they follow you and vice versa. And that's, that's really where I think we're going to start making a dent. Well, I think ultimately that's the whole goal of this, right? Is to like just network ourselves into this understanding that we're all colleagues in this together. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a doctorate or you're me who does roofs and then just happens to be so hardcore with a nerd that I can make it a brand doesn't, doesn't matter. Or if you're just a passive you know, take like you take a picture, you post it on your own personal Facebook, and you're suddenly the interpreter for your whole family. You know, viewing mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. We're all we're all the same in this. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, people ask me all the time. They're like, "Are people still interested in history?" And I'm like, "Well, Ancestry.com really took off. Yeah, people want to know where they come from, or these DNA tests to find out your background." 
people want to know history. It's just that look at some of the I've, TV shows that are popular right now. They're all oh, historical yeah. dramas. Peaky Blinders, Downton Abbey. Yeah, we had Civil War. We had Mercy Street and, and Rev War. We had Turn. Yeah, and like all history that stuff. is super popular. It's just we yeah. we've we've embraced this narrative that history is boring, and we've embraced it on the the ac- educational side. So we're making great TV shows, and that's where people are getting their history facts from because that's where their entertaining history lessons are coming from they're not getting it from the actual places they should be so right boom john and i exist yes that's why we're here (laughs) and why we're doing but the one the main reason why we're here and we're going to go into that is that not only the internet but social media has just leveled the field yeah and and i I know we both want to talk about that uh in detail because we wouldn't be here without social media so yeah i mean entirely so yeah so i mean social media is leveling the playing field uh as far as historical education because simply it's just it's produced an intense amount of availability and accessibility Mm -hmm. um there are so many platforms to get content and material and information on um and you know whether you're looking for a simple reference or a citation or you're looking for a whole friggin lesson mm-hmm. like there's there's something out there for you and it's usually just as simple as logging online meaning opening your phone because let's be real folks it's 2019 nobody actually logs on anymore <laughs> but you know you get what i mean by that and then the content itself is is a big part of how the playing field gets level because people are producing videos themselves or they're writing their own narratives or other things like that. Um, they're, they're posting pictures or they're doing sometimes more outside the box things like 3D or, or live streams. And this content is not something that 10, 20 years ago was available. So now we're able to, like, for instance, when we will reference it again, when we did the WTF moments here, um, first and second editions, we live streamed those. Right. And what do you think? In person here, we had maybe 30, 40 people. About, yeah. Um, but online, we had like 2,000 people that watched in the first like 48 hours, right? right. So like we had over 2,000 people that saw our product, but like only because social media mm-hmm. allowed us to broadcast it out. Right. Um, and then the people themselves, um, which is a big part of like John and mine story, is, is how we're leveling the playing field. Like my background is, as, as we've stated, is I'm not from historical academia. Like I possess no college degrees that says you should listen to me. Um, but that's sort of part of our story is that mm-hmm. like, that's just a piece of paper that says, you know what you know. And, and I get it because right now the current status quo in the, in most of the historical uh, field is in order to work in it professionally, you have to go to school. You got to, right. you got to get a degree. It is a, it is a hill to climb. Uh, and my right. hope is that with my legacy, that when this is over, um, you know, we're all dust in this hobby and history that maybe it's a, um, you know, a smaller hill because of guys like you and me, or maybe not even a hill at all. But um, the people themselves are as, as varied because there are the familiar faces that you know. Um, there's your your Gary Edelman's from the Battlefield Trust, formerly Civil War Trust. Um, uh, and, and then there's, you know, there's lesser knowns like me, you once me. upon a time. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh, I'm us still, once I'm still upon a time. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Some I'm people not, pay attention, and we thank you for that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not on Gary Edelman's level. No, as far as followers or all that. That's stuff. okay, bro. Because we're just playing chess. We're having. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? You know, it's patience, isn't it? Absolutely, patience is a big thing. But what that does, though, is is, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'll use Gary Edelman as as a as a barometer for this, because or mm-hmm. as a reference, because he's he's great, right? He he was one of the first people that really pioneered the social media historical. Oh, yeah. Uh, interpretation because he started out his Gary Edelman Civil War page 
and he had a few hundred likes and then a few thousand likes and it kind of just existed that way for a while but then right. people in general really started embracing the internet for the information that it could be or, or, or the accessibility rather that they could get to information and Gary's page blew up and it taught a lot of us that it was okay to just do your thing because Gary was doing his thing separate from the Battlefield Trust. It was almost right. like a side gig. We love rock and roll, right? This is mm -hmm. a great reference for this because mm -hmm. I know you're about to love the shit out of this. Right? <laughs> so we both like Pantera. Absolutely. Huge Pantera guys. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Dime, you're the man. Yeah. Best guitar player yeah. that ever lived. Yes. But I, um, I know that you and I are both fans of the band Down. Absolutely. Which singer of Pantera Phil Anselmo is the singer of. Yes. and you know we agree that Nola is easily top five greatest rock albums ever made oh absolutely so with that Gary Edelman's Civil War page is kind of like the down mm -hmm. of the historical community because he's got all these videos that come out with the War Department and the Battlefield Trust and right. but then he does his own same exact version of that over on his own page which on that page, Gary is not limited or filtered to anything that the Battlefield Trust might want to consider mm -hmm. limiting or filtering, and he can be uncensored Gary. And that's not to say that Gary's going to come at you flying with F-bombs. Right. Pretty wholesome guy. Yeah, yeah, but like, Gary. You know, but what it did was it showed guys like us, like, you can create your own thing and just do it. Right. No excuses. And so that's sort of how we ended up realizing that social media can be this devastating tool to the community because... I think it's okay uh, to to say it out loud. I think we're we're standing at a shift in the in the moment of how we teach our history, because as you can see every day in the news with Confederate monuments or real local to where I grew up uh, in Maryland, there was a First World War uh, cross that oh, they yeah. thought about removing, yeah. um, and things like that. So you know you can see that our our legacies are up for are are up for grabs, and a lot of the reason that monuments are coming down or people are worried about them is because they don't really understand the context anymore in 2019. So with the state of things, you're realizing right now that we have a disconnect. There is a whole generation of people that are truly not interested and it's not their fault, but it's because the system, if you can't see me on the podcast, but you're watching on the history things of Pat video, I'm air quoting the system. <laughs> yeah. The system has made it so that the keepers of the legacy are boringly possessive of it mm. um mm -hmm. you remember your times in college where your lectures just going on and on right the battle of gettysburg right. 186 and like that stuff sucks dates man. and facts and figures it's or yeah. dates and figures and what, what, when we hang out what do we talk about all the time history was alive it was full of life and our job is to bring it back to life so um social media has given guys like you and me who speak with character mm -hmm. and, and liveliness and passion, the ability to, you know, connect people who are looking for that right. back to it. Right. So. Well, we're both performers. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, you were yeah, in a band. Been bands forever. I was in a band for two years and that was it just because I wanted something to do. Uh, but it's just one of those things where, you know, if, you, if you're an entertaining person or you have that connection with someone, that just makes it all the better. And far too often, I think that we lose that when you strictly go from, uh, going to high school, then going to college, straight through, and getting your PhD, which I've seen so many in this field do, and they haven't had the real life experience, to, like sure. find themselves, yeah. or they were told by their family, "This is what you're going to study," and it's yeah. like, no, that, that never works. For better or worse, uh, my entire life is my fault. All the good, bad, <laughs> and the ugly, I have chose to uh, chart my own course. And but, that's the way to look at it, though. Yeah, you know? and that's and that's important because it's. It's about basically accepting the fact that you either 
followed a path where you were true to yourself. And that's sort of what we're trying to do is connect people to the, this truth, whether it's mm -hmm. your truth as a student or your truth as a teacher. Cause I think it's fair to say that as much as you and I are teachers, we're both obligated to continuously be students. So right. like, I think social media has helped me, I guess, build a confidence uh, as, as a public teacher to remain an open-minded student. Mm -hmm. One of the things I encourage on my page, and I'm encouraging this politely, guys, if I'm wrong, reach out, you know, let right. me know because my right. job is to get it right. And if I'm getting it wrong, it's not intentional or malicious. My job's to kind of mm -hmm. do my best, you know, and present it to you as, as best I can. And that's part of how the, the playing field is getting leveled because in the past, you know, the keepers mm -hmm. of the legacy, the, the, the guys who wrote all the books mm -hmm. um, don't like it when you challenge them. Right. And that's part of this shift, right? The shift mm -hmm. right now is that there is a, there's a, a, a I guess a more accessible uh, um, history rather, right? With the digital age, I guess, whoop, bumping microphones. That's all talk right. With we do that. Yeah, he does. It's, it's fine. crazy. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I guess the best way to describe what I'm saying is, is that because the digital age has made things so, more accessible like we mm -hmm. can log onto the web and we can access the national archives records we can look up the ors of the civil war we can soldiers and sailors databases everything is right there at the touch of our fingertips because of that um i think you're also seeing a bit of a pushback in the hobby too um or in the, i keep saying the hobby because i keep thinking <laughs> about a lot of the people that i that i that created my personal I guess approach to this, and I right. a lot of them are hobbyists, so I, I apologize. We, you might we're hear both reenactors or were reenactors, because yeah. I've I've gotten shots for that <laughs> in some of them, and I've moved on. But yeah, yeah you know, yeah, we, so we love I, that interpretive experience. That's why yeah, we say hobby. Yeah, just it's a colloquialism. Go, let it go. Yeah, let it go. go. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. But, <laughs> but what I mean by that is, is you're starting to get a pushback because a lot of what's happening with the um, greater available information and and you know like say you're sitting on a diary for a hundred years and it's just a personal diary that nobody's going to be able to have the access to the info in it unless they know you personally right now you've digitized this diary you've registered it online and now we anybody can read it right mm -hmm. so with all this extra information we are sometimes challenging you know lessons and, and things we've accepted generationally and and this is causing a great pushback against the social media leveling the playing field because we live in the fake news mm. era of time and space. Mm. And, uh, and that's, you know, what it is, what it is. You know, we, we do live in, in an era where, where BS is sometimes just as commonplace as fact. And so that's sort of the problem with us as historic, uh, as historical interpreters is while we have all this great information that we can more casually bring to you and more readily available to you, all this bad information that's been hanging out there is mm -hmm. available in the same ways. Right. Um, and it gets spread in the same ways. So a lot of people see the use of social media, especially as far as we go as interpreters, as a negative because mm -hmm. they think we're just peddling BS. Like right. anytime, anytime a post is made challenging the notion that, say, a General Sherman you know, didn't rape and pillage his entire way across the state of Georgia, like people freak out. Mm -hmm. That's because they've held on to this idea this legend um for generations and getting outside your comfort zone is 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 hard for people and, and like real side bit like i was just hanging out with pete carmichael lately mm -hmm. and uh and he kind of touched on this when we were talking because you know he was saying that like people really like the bedtime story aspect of history right they love the sensational grandpa tell me your war story or like right. you know just telling of some grand thing the, the bedtime story aspect of it and that has led us to 
believe a whole bunch of crap about history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's also led us to stop really thinking logically and diving deep into the practical stories and things that are going on. So um, a lot of people think it's negative to use social media uh, as a voice to teach our histories because they've, they think it somehow makes it dirty and like less, mm-hmm. I don't know, truthful because right. it came out on Facebook instead of out of a textbook. Right. They don't, they don't take, they don't take it seriously. So therefore anything on it isn't serious. Right. And then they look at guys like you and me, right. And guys like you and me are covered in tattoos, like sleeved out and all this stuff. And you know, uh, we're not sitting here wearing three piece suits or sweater vests. Like you got right. a, solid Gary Owen t-shirt on yeah, right now rocking that for them I'm wearing a shirt that's from Target it doesn't look heavy metal hey. but I look heavy metal in it if you could see what we were doing the new face of the history field yeah right Target we, clearance we're and like tattoos badass we hipsters because we didn't we didn't become historians <laughs> in whatever strata you're on to become rich there was nothing sure, in it because no. you know don't get into this going if you want to get rich guys this if is you want to pay your bills that's <laughs> fine uh, but you're not going to have a Bentley <laughs> or whatever else yeah. this is not going to happen um, rarely does that happen, I should say. Uh, but great name dropping my friend Peter Carmichael on that one. And he's a fan of yours. Yeah, it was really cool. He he had uh, expressed to me that he was paying attention to a lot of the work we're doing in our, uh, as he kind of put it, our like young super group of people when uh, <laughs> yeah. like you and me and, and Steve Fan, Rich Condon, uh, Matt uh, Borders, um, my buddy Aaron, which I want to give a shout out to Aaron because recently... Uh, you and I did a, a, a big project uh, together, a big collaboration with a bunch of the guys that I just named. Right. And, uh, and I brought in my buddy Aaron Bird. And oh, yeah. Aaron is not a historian in the sense that we are. And um, he's somebody that I, I know personally. I know him through work. And I think he does a really good job um, cataloging uh, a lot of local African-American history to our area. So when we were putting together that project, he, he jumped out immediately as like, what a perfect guy to bring in because he's he's not from our usual crew. He's a new and fresh face, and that's kind of what we're all about. And he, without even knowing it, was already kind of documenting the things we wanted to talk about in the video we did, um, which was uh, kind of a play on the Project 1619 where um, we tied the first uh, Africans coming ashore in 1619 to the uh, Maryland State Abolition right. of uh, the Institution of Slavery on November 1st, 1864. Um, kind of like bookends and milestones in the sense. Um, but Aaron, who has never done a video production like that or has never done anything historically inclined, or he's literally never made a piece of content other than really awesome music beats. And you need to check him out at uh, at Rhythmatic on yeah, uh, on, awesome. on Twitter and on Instagram. But he, um, yeah. you know, he, he got a simple set of directions from me. This is the script we're reading and this is kind of what we're doing. And he was like, cool. And he showed up and he nailed everything. And I'll be honest, out of all of us pros, oh, he was, he was the most produced and rehearsed and ready to go. So yeah, because Pat gave me a script or he gave everybody a script. Oh, I exposed your weakness. <laughs> he did expose my weakness because I am terrible with scripts. I love to just riff and go at it. Pat, Pat has, for those of you who will be watching the video up online, there are, there's a tablet out in front of us with, with notes on it. And I can't even look at it because I start to get flustered. Yeah. As far as, did I go over this with Do him? Did we, we do that this? note he wrote? Right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a guy who does it live. You know, I just do it whenever and we'll, we'll do it. So it was intimidating being around guys who can read off of a script yeah. and remember this stuff. Because I just remember <laughs> snippets of history 
and then I just riff and I go. So we learned a lot about you in that. So when you watch that video, everybody but John is reading the script. <laughs> yeah. Everybody but John that verbatim so nails their script. And yes. then John just freewheeled it, nailed it, but freewheeled the whole in thing. In my own way. I, I changed some wording. Uh, <laughs> but you can go on History Things with Pat and see the video. Yeah, that uh, one's up on YouTube for sure. So, oh, yeah, it's on YouTube as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, visit that one on YouTube. But that was that was great. And it, But it, again, it goes back to the authentic experience. I'm the guy who's never on a script. You can give me some bullet points and I'll cover it. You know, yeah. just give me bullet points of like two words. I'll figure it out and word it my own way and do it. You have guys there who can do it just verbatim right down. And I'm just like, I can't compete with that, but I, maybe they can't riff, but yeah. I, I, I can. So it's a different way of interpreting history, even in that little experiment that you did. But that group is actually a really good group of people to illustrate how social media has leveled our playing field. Mm -hmm. Cause in that group, we have a bunch of National Park Service Rangers, mm -hmm. um, one of whom is going to go through the stratosphere of the upper levels of the National Park Service. Absolutely. Um, and, and we have uh, a bunch of people who are successful authors. Um, there's, there was a lot of degrees in that group. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then, then here's a guy like, like me, and, and I got to throw you into the group of degrees, man. You come from this outside the box, I mean, but yeah. you, you do have some, some sure. paper validation. But right. where, where you and I link up in the same is that our approach to how we do this wasn't from the, you know, the same avenues that they came from. But in that group of people, we have park rangers and authors and people sitting on, on large uh, academic achievements. And, mm -hmm. and then people like me who swing hammers and nails. And we all get to be together because we were able to use social media um, as a platform to kind of create a brand and tell a story and right. link up and realize that, you know, you might have a master's degree that says, you know, what you know, but I have 16 beers of research that says, I know what I know, you know, and uh, we can talk about it. So, well, yeah, it's, it's all about being able to footnote your history sure. and being yourself. And, and but it brought us all together. Social it did media. bring us all together. Cause his brand, what's a uh, rich. So for that film production, rich drove eight hours Oh, yeah. He drove down Rich, from Pittsburgh, yeah. filmed, and then drove back to Pittsburgh that night. Yeah, big shout-out to Rich Condon with Civil War Pittsburgh. Uh, he, he did. He drove eight hours round trip <laughs> to come and do that, which is just amazing. Yeah. Um, but it shows the passion that is out there in the younger, in the younger generations. I'm, I'm saying younger generation. I'm saying sub-50 because I'm pushing 40. For sure. <laughs> so I would like to stay around for a little while. But ma mainly when I go out and I see – I'm not knocking, as we said earlier when we started, when I go out on the battlefield here at Gettysburg and I see a guide, average age is 50, Some, well, sometimes a little higher. That's super kind of important, like, man. There's yeah. part of what we're seeing with the shift and why social media is important for this is because there's a lot of gray hair running around this community, man. Like you go to any lecture, any round table, like, God, man, I'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody like a lot of people in a room under the age of 50. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I was at a round table very recently where I walked in and aside from one other individual in the room, he and I were the only people less than the age of 50. Wow. And these aren't bad because it's great. Any interest in our history is good, but I have this kind of adage that if all the people who are currently aging and currently interested pass along from this world, pass on from this world, and they haven't in interest gotten anybody else's interest peaked in it what happens to all this history mm -hmm. it just disappears right so i see it almost like an identity crisis like our history is having an identity crisis mm -hmm. and we need to do something wild and midlife crisis level about it like our history 
interpreters need to go buy a Ferrari and go buck wild with how they interpret. And that's kind of like what we are. We're the midlife crisis for interpretation. We're showing up and we're turning it on its head. And we're, we're, we're hoping that you're paying attention enough to like have fun while you learn. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like, you know, the, the traditionalists, as I'll put them, uh, people with the, the degrees who stick by the old tradition of the way of doing things that's been done for 20 or 30 years are kind of like still captaining the ship. Captaining is not a word, but you get what I mean. They're, they're, still they're, in, they're in the wheelhouse yeah. and they're doing that. We're down in the boiler room stoking the fire. Sure. You know, and the people don't get to where they need to go until those guys and gals start stoking the fire. Yeah, I mean, we're keeping you know, it going. As long as we're not on the Titanic, everything's fine. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Don't it's, get on that boat. Yeah, yeah, mate, we'll, we'll, be on, we'll find a lifeboat. Um, but it's we're all working together, and I think that the fact that social media has helped us level that playing field, because I can never forget my first time. It was about a year ago was my first meeting with Peter Carmichael at CWI. And uh, I was like, wow, this this guy knows me and yeah. he's nationally known. And I'm like, okay, he wants to sit down with me for coffee. What do you want to talk yeah, about? It's super valid. But it was the demographic shift that we were talking about and um, how I was bringing in a demographic and you two who are 20, 30 years under what they're used to seeing. And Pete wanted to get in on the action with me and I wanted to get in on the action with him. It was a collaborative thing. Yep. And I'm like, well, you have, you have more cred than I do in the history field. And I have the demographics, so let's work together to, to do this. And it just started this partnership that's been great. That would never have happened without Facebook or Instagram. Because he would, yeah. he would have never known about me. Um, I mean, networking, marketing, and sales are going to be the three little simple topics that are going to save the history field. Because you network, you meet the people that we meet, we, mm-hmm. the world shrinks, we come together. Um, you market the history, meaning you make it sound interesting so that people pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then you sell it to them by telling a really good friggin' story. Right. And then they want to follow up on it. They either want to follow up to you, to me. They want to go home and read about it. They want to go watch that TV show that is about that subject we just talked about. So, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, man, we're just, we just, without realizing it in the last 10 years, we all just became salesmen oh, for yeah. a new generation. Oh, and yeah. You know, if you're not embracing that concept, you're you're honestly going to be a detriment to how we move forward as a nation. Because as you can see, watching the news every day in every possible way, we don't know who we are, where we've been, where mm-hmm. we've came from, how we became who we are. All these mm-hmm. all these rights that we scream about on both sides of the aisle every single day. We don't realize the 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 blood and stress and suffering and adversity played by everybody in our nation's past that brought right. us to here and like they they will give you the simple it's boring when we learned about it and it's not like i i've never read a boring war story mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. even when i read so- stories about soldiers like cooking potatoes on the western front <laughs> yeah a shell could friggin drop on their head at any second there's a element right. of danger to that right so it's only boring to the people that say that because the people that kept it for so long the keepers of the legacy mm-hmm. Made it boring. And again, not a shot because it's not like they sought out to intentionally be like, we're going to make this boring. <laughs> right, right. But they they definitely, they went in line with the status quo of their times and have mm-hmm. not evolved. Mm-hmm. And social media is exposing a group of historians that exist already as who can evolve and who cannot. And it's allowing a new group of historians, mm-hmm. you and me and mm-hmm. all the others, to pop up and get on one playing field together and kind mm-hmm. of 
all just collectively tell these stories and right. work like we're one team. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the point of it is collaboration, working on working on it, knowing our strengths and knowing what you're strong at helps me and you know, vice versa. Because I might be stronger at one thing than you are and vice versa. Because I know you're stronger at video than I could ever be. So I'm like, I get your help to have me do th- or help me do that. That's the key is knowing your lane and staying in it. Yeah. And what I'm probably going to do is uh, I'm probably going to speak to you on that subject here in a little bit. We'll do a little bit extra overtime. Sure. And we'll put this on a different uh, on next week's podcast. Yeah. But because uh, I need a, a new coffee because I'm cold and uh, <laughs> <laughs> my coffee went cold on me. But I want to just say that this is a very important thing for us to discuss because it shows where we come from, yeah. what we've been through, and we're not the only ones. We're not saying that. Everyone has a different experience in any field. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, but we are the more rogue. Sure. <clears throat> excuse me, the more rogue uh, historians, and that's not a thing on Keith Harris. Keith Harris is the rogue historian. Yeah, not, not taking brands yeah. here from anybody. Love you, love you Keith. <laughs> Go follow Keith, too. <laughs> But, but it's just the way of saying it, you know, uh, that we're kind of the outsiders in the history field. And I love that. And I gravitate towards people like that because we have to make it a little bit different than it has been for 20, 30 years. Yeah. I love Bruce Catton to death, but I probably wouldn't be able to sit through one of his lectures because it's just I can't. I, I, I would do it out of respect, but I just can't, you know, handle that on a long-term basis. It's i got to have someone up there who is being... Uh, animated and lively and all that stuff. And that's exactly why people like Gary Edelman get the followers because they are starting to take that trend to a new level. Yeah, they got the mantle now. And that's the whole thing is like baseball analogies are my favorite. You know, we're both big baseball guys. So like uh, Babe Ruth was a great pitcher. People forget that he was a great (laughs) pitcher uh, aside from being the Sultan of Swat. He was a really good pitcher. Um, or let's better reference actually would be like Walter Johnson, right? The big train throwing mm-hmm. these diesel fastballs at people. Um, this guy dominated in an era where the game was a certain way. And then the game evolved and hitters evolved. And I, I honestly, I doubt any of these dead ball era pitchers or these older era pitchers could, could stand on a mound and throw to a guy like Christian Yelich. Or, oh, yeah. or, you know, Aaron Judge right now, or even Barry Bonds a few years ago. These guys would get shellacked yeah. because the game evolved, right? We don't, right. We're not trotting out Honus Wagner onto the field today. We've got newer shortstops, and that's mm-hmm. sort of what we're trying to get at is that I think you and I both publicly and privately believe that we're at the mantle handoff time. It's time for these old standards, the guys like you and I, I've learned a lot and we owe honestly like we owe everything to the old keepers of the legacies because there's right. the ones that, that educated us and inspired us. Mm-hmm. But it's it's time to let us, you know, take it and build the new generation because where we're somewhere along the way. We lost touch with how to keep handing it off and now people don't care and our community's getting a lot smaller. So mm-hmm. social media is is really helped uh, to grow right. to rekindle this fire. Right. And we'll go over that in the next episode because I do want to do an overtime with you and and talk about yeah. go deeper into the social media aspect, yeah, this is what, a deep how we hole. how we use it, what we use it for, who we hit demographically. Because if you're all out there and you're a student of history in any regard, uh, and you want to use social media, you should understand what has worked for us and what hasn't worked for us. Yeah, I mean, we'll because, get real with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because I really want to do, uh, you know, I, I've come up on the time where I like to keep the podcast, but I really want to keep talking about this and talk about it in more detail as far as the social media aspect. How can we utilize it 
to the benefit of the field, not just to our own benefit, but to the benefit of the field. And we can go over that uh, in the next episode because we still have time and, and he needs another beer and I need to refill my coffee. But Pat, thank you for being on this episode and we are going to go into the next one here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you coming and doing this, man. Thanks for having me. And Stick around for episode two. Yeah, and I appreciate the Gary Owen again here in Gettysburg. Uh, allowing me to podcast from inside the restaurant. We are actually in the private bar upstairs where we have the Tattoo Historian Presents. Uh, Gary Owen has some great beers on tap. I've never had a bad dish here, honestly. I've never had... Scotch egg. Oh, yeah, scotch eggs. Scotch scotch egg egg. and coffee is all I need all day long. But the (laughs) Gary Owen has been so uh, great to me personally, and I have to thank them for that. Uh, They're right here on Chambersburg Street in Gettysburg. If you ever come in, you know... Please let them know you heard it on on here because, you know. Support small business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, hey, thanks again, buddy, for for coming on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to uh, end this particular episode on a high note. Yeah. And we're going to get ready for the next episode because I think back-to-back episodes on this subject are very important to start the new season of the Tattooed Historian Show. Yeah, come on back. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.